It's Monday the 22nd of March 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Anna Margrét Björnsson, journalist and public relations officer for the Embassy of France in Iceland. Welcome to you. Hi, <laughs> nice to be here. Plenty, plenty going on this week. Yes, uh, well, exactly. We spoke last week and we thought what would happen on the weekend and there was an eruption on Friday night at, what, quarter to nine. Exactly that. Yeah, there can be no doubt about this week's top story. Um, it began late Friday evening when people were probably expecting it least and is still going on today. It's the Geltingedalsgos volcanic eruption. We think that's probably what it's called anyway. Um, in other news, it's just this morning been revealed that there were 21 new COVID-19 cases diagnosed over the weekend and the Civil Protection Department is holding an extra press briefing on the topic at the time of this recording. Plans to reopen the country to vaccinated travellers from outside the Schengen area were announced, as well as a recommitment to the colour-coded border control scheme from the 1st of May. In other news, Iceland's biggest and most complicated murder investigation to date rumbles on, with four more arrests made just before the weekend, over a month since the shooting of Armando Bikiri. An Icelandic film is nominated for an Oscar in the category of short animated production. Gardening appears to be more popular than ever among the capital city's residents, and the cornerstone of the impressive new House of Icelandic Studies is set to be added at a ceremony on the last day of winter. Um, probably don't need to ask this, but where would you like to begin? <laughs> Start with a volcano. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, we've been expecting this for three weeks, at least, uh, if not a year. But just one Friday night, shortly after a, a news story had appeared about it being less likely than we thought, and then yes. suddenly, poof! Yeah, it doesn't seem like they ca well they can't really tell or be prepared in advance. That's just the nature of the, the, the geology, I suppose. Uh, it was quite amusing. I think uh, a lot of people sit in front of the TV watching a popular show called Gisle Marte talk show on Friday night. So, well, my family were all watching this and he just suddenly announced this at the end of the show. Oh, by the way, the volcano has started erupting. So, of course, then we, everyone went bonkers and <laughs> looked at the internet and saw images. And it's such a pretty volcanic eruption. Thank God it's uh, not dangerous. It's not causing any uh, disturbances to, um, to, well, towns or villages nearby. But, and it just looks like, a, it actually looks like the emoji on my telephone of a vol volcano. It's like a typical little volcanic eruption. And it's in a, situated in this uh, gorgeous valley. And, um, well, obviously people have been just streaming to the site, which is worrying. <laughs> This is like the most popular selfie of the last uh, 48 hours is, hi, it's me in front of a volcano jumping over a lava stream and lighting a cigarette on the lava and <laughs> so on. And that, that was real, wasn't it, that one? Yep. yep, absolutely. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, people are doing very, very silly things because this is a volcanic eruption and it's very dangerous and uh, would not recommend any of these things. No, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it's not—it's not causing any direct danger to people or infrastructure, um, apart from the people that take their own lives into their own hands, basically. And there was a lot of that last night and yesterday. Yes, uh, yesterday actually there was a warning from uh, the civil protection agency to say do not go there tonight because there's a really bad weather forecast: uh, snow, sleet, and wind and uh, fog. 
But nobody paid any notice. They all went out there, and it seems people were really badly um, equipped. They had no headlights, didn't even bring anything to eat or drink. There were like children out there with no nothing to drink for hours. And then of course you can get lost. I mean, phone connection in this area is very unstable. So, I mean, you can't just rely on your Google mapping. I don't even know if you can type in the volcano and find it. So, um, yes, I think, uh, and also of course there is a uh, gas pollution from the volcano, which today um, is measured at very hazardous. So they've actually closed the area off today. But I hope it does reopen because I would like to go there. But take, um, you know, be dress well, dress safe, warmly, bring lots of, um, you know, pack, pack lunch and uh, lots of water, or something hot to drink. I think that's the way to go and just keep following the news and uh, don't go there if the, if the weather is bad. So that is the message, isn't it? Because we're getting quite a strong reaction from both sides of this argument, if you can even call it an argument, on, on social media. Mm -hmm. People are like, well, what, what do they expect? People and the authorities have said don't go there and they're getting into trouble now. People are so stupid. And other people are saying, well, it's a volcano and it's on the doorstep of the capital. Of course we want to go and see it. Mm -hmm. Um, so what is the advice? The advice isn't do not ever go, is it? Uh, no, actually I read an article in the grapevine this morning, um, just sort of, I would recommend people to, uh, reading that. It was basically, yes, um, just take note, and, you know, watch, watch out for the weather forecasts, check the uh, Civil Protection Agency and see what's going on and just, you know, dress warmly because this is like several hours of hiking and uh, if you're not fit, it's probably not a good idea. But um, I think it's not the most difficult of hikes if the weather's okay. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not going up a mountain or something. But um, yes, just be it general precautions. And I, I would not myself go and light up a cigarette. Well, I don't smoke, but don't go near the lava. I mean, that seems like a <laughs> like the the right thing to do, right? I mean, volcanoes are dangerous, and there could be another fissure. Who knows? That opens in the middle of the ground. You don't want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And there was another thing, I think someone lost a pan full of bacon and eggs that they were frying on the lava, um, and it just swallowed it. Why? <laughs> really? How can you lose a pan? Well, it just, like, I disappeared. Think, I think it was... in a second. Yeah, well, don't do stupid things, people. <laughs> Very good advice. Um, we've got no word yet on how long this will go on for. Um, obviously, they did think maybe it, to start with it might finish that same evening. That yeah, hasn't happened. Why everybody's rushing there? Uh, I think this morning I saw on Rove that they're expecting it to last at least a little bit longer, but uh, it's difficult to know really. So I can understand why people want to rush there and see it, especially because the last eruption right in 2013-14 was like in Holleren. So nobody can really go there. So uh, if it's on our doorstep, and also it's nice, we've had this whole winter of COVID-19 and, and it's an eruption that's not, you know, causing danger to, um, to well, real danger. So uh, it's, uh, it's actually, I think it's quite pleasurable for most people to actually witness the eruption. And wouldn't it be nice if it continues for a few months? We'd get some tourists and, you know, maybe people will fly in, especially to see the volcano. If they're allowed to. If they're allowed to, well, um, yes, that's another story. <laughs> it is. Um, 
I mean, we've only spent eight minutes on this. Maybe I would like to have gone a bit further, but that's such a wonderful segue. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and such, unfortunately, again, big COVID news today. Um, all of a sudden, out of the blue, we were so happy with it last week, and now this large number of new cases at the weekend and special press conference and everything. Um, how worried should we be? I was really surprised to see this this morning. There was, like, no indication that this was going to happen. It's been, I mean, there was a scare, what, a week or two ago about... An infection at Landspitaren and Harpa, but nothing really came out of that. They contained it. So I was very surprised to see this number this morning. Um, how scared should we be? I haven't... Scared, maybe not the right word. No. I mean, we've been here, we've done this, we've we, been going through this for over a year. We are lucky here. I mean, we 21 people is nothing compared to anywhere else. And, you know, just every day I, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm happy to be in Iceland and not anywhere else. But... Um, I don't know. Let's just trust the authorities. They've done a good job so far in containing all this. Uh, it just what is worrying is that um, we don't really know where these infections are come from. Uh, could it be that there are infections within the country and people are just simply just not getting tested because they're just sick of the whole thing, or um, or are these coming from the borders? I'm not sure. Do you know what they? What's the latest on that? Because we're missing the press conference. <laughs> As it is. We are. We're reporting <laughs> on something we're missing. Um, the, I understand it was 11 of the, no, 10 of the 21 people were on one ship um, and they were, I believe, counted as border, taste, border testing cases. Mm -hmm. Then the remaining 11 of those five or six were not in quarantine. Mm -hmm. And crucially, they didn't quite know how to connect them. They weren't all in the same family or the same building. And that's, that's the worrying thing, I think. And there was a, obviously a teacher in there and professional sports people. Mm -hmm. So people that have a lot of contact. Yes, it could. Uh, it sounds a little bit frightening that it could spread quickly, but um, let's just keep calm and, and see what they say. Um, they've, they've done such a good job already that um, I think just basically let's just keep following instructions and wear our masks and, you know, take care of our personal sanitary measures, or what, what do you call it? Mm. Um, so, yes, just waiting to see what comes out of this press conference. And I suppose the next couple of days are crucial, or the next five days, probably, to see what um, what's going on. So this, so it's basically not coming from the border, is that what they're saying? Or well, I mean, if it was connected to the cases a week or two ago, mm -hmm. then they, in turn, did come from the border. Yes. But you're looking quite far back in time by mm -hmm. then, yeah. Um. Well, it's such a strange... Uh, disease so I mean I suppose we just have to live with this danger that it's going to come up every couple of weeks or so and uh, let's just hope that um, the vaccinations go faster than they have been doing and uh, so that we can all be fine by summer and yeah exactly that and let's also hope perhaps that they don't see the need to impose tighter bands tighter controls especially before Easter when people you know want to be probably enjoying themselves a bit more. Yes, it would, of course, be such a shame. Um, but, well, I mean, we can always count ourselves lucky. I mean, Paris was in lockdown a couple of days ago, or still is, I think, and uh, let's just uh, be happy that we can still go out to a bar and to a restaurant and do whatever we want. We can even go to the gym. And uh, so I, I just think just yeah, we're, we're very lucky here. Absolutely, yeah, and long may that continue. Um, 
Although, as, as, as Thorolver has said repeatedly, it doesn't take much to get a, to get a new wave started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been avoided so far. Hopefully it will continue to be so. Otherwise, the gyms and the restaurants may not be. <laughs> Absolutely. And I hope people are not being too relaxed. I mean, you, I live downtown, so you, I notice it quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure you do as well, um, that people are really kind of going wild at weekends and probably not caring so much about, um, you know, being taking precautions. But I think everybody should just stay with it <laughs> until summer at least and um, I think that's probably the most important thing we can all do individually and talking of the summer another yes. good linking point there um, the idea of opening Iceland up to vaccinated people from outside the Schengen area and also people who have certified to have had and recovered from the virus is a new one that came out last week um, and it's caused some controversy I think this happened very fast and didn't have much of a, well, um, think it, well, government made this decision in two days or something and probably came as a surprise to a lot of people. I'm sure it also came as a surprise to the other European, well, European countries uh, to open a door uh, into Schengen. Uh, I can absolutely understand the point of view that um, we need the tourists and they're booking tourists are now booking their trips for the summer so i suppose that none of this will uh, happen until may june july august um interesting though i mean it seems that our chief epidemiologist didn't actually recommend this uh i gather um so, well, what's most important? Of course, this country needs to survive and tourism is extremely important to our economy. But uh, at what cost? Uh, I suppose Icelanders are quite critical of this. Well, those who are not working within the tourist industry because we want to enjoy a nice summer without restrictions. Um, so I suppose this came... Uh, Yeah, I can see that people are not too happy with it. But on the other hand, if it's good for the economy, that's also a bonus. But let's see. I mean, maybe these vaccination passports are absolutely safe and uh, controlled. And hopefully there are not like forged ones around. I mean, let's hope that uh, I'm I'm sure people know what they're doing with this. They're not just doing whatever. the one thing I wasn't sure of was if you're vaccinated, can you still um, spread the virus? But, well, I suppose we have to open up one day. We can't just be afraid of four years on end. But, um, yes, interesting decision, but uh, hopefully a very good one. But it's, it's also it's one of two decisions because Iceland is already open without quarantine to vaccinated and recovered patients from within the mm-hmm. from within Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is in itself, it isn't more of a danger doing that. Um, potentially, you could say that the, the, the color coded system is more of a danger that's touted from the 1st of May when people from other green and I think also yellow countries will be allowed in without quarantine. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's also that's more worrying. Um, and I don't really know why they would do that. It seems like quite a dangerous decision to make. I mean, green countries fine, but uh, why not just keep doing the system like we're, you know, five days quarantine? I know it's a lot, but if you really want to come to Iceland on a holiday, you can just, you know, rent a car and 
rent a cottage and do your quarantine thing and uh, shouldn't that be just okay if you want to visit another country? Isn't that a sacrifice that people are willing to make? I wonder. For leisure, I don't know, it's a very good question. I mean, I mean, uh, Iceland is, after all, it's just another destination. If you can go somewhere else that isn't requiring these, maybe you would. Sure, but right now the recommendation everywhere in Europe is just basically don't travel, stay put. You don't have to do this right now. And uh, I actually wonder why people, I mean, I can understand it. Let's say you're stuck somewhere in a city, I don't know, Paris or wherever, and uh, you just want to get away from COVID. I can understand that. But um, also just, you know, this we just have a few months to go. So, you know, you can travel as much as you like after this thing is over. So... Uh, yeah, I, there's a bit of impatience there going on. And Icelandic people are travelling a bit as well. They still are. I, I just don't get it, really. Mm. I can wait. How long? I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And people, I think most people have had that very same attitude. But mm. it's over a year now. You know. It is over a year. But it's not far. I mean, we haven't got long to go, have we? It's. I mean, let's assume that most people will be vaccinated by the end of the summer. That's just a few months, right? So let's uh, encourage patience. <laughs> I was reading on BBC yesterday, though, that despite the progress of vaccination, they still think mask wearing and social distancing and thing might be with us for years. Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so that you don't get the flu or... No, I don't know. Well, per obviously, we know vaccination isn't perfect. Um, mm -hmm. We know that much. I, but yeah, and... and I think it was Qantas in Australia. They were starting to take bookings for, for later this year already, and they're far by far the most popular routes are the d direct ones because people don't want to be stopping, mm -hmm. um, which is understandable. Um, yeah. So there's, I think, I don't think things are going to return to completely normal. I mean, to be quite honest, I'm really, really fed up with this um, <laughs> anti-vaxxer, anti-mask um, people who are just seem to think that wearing a mask is the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. Um, so just really doesn't bother me. I mean, people who have been to Asia know that people there do this all the time because of pollution or, or just uh, sanitary measures. So it's not the worst thing that can happen. I mean, I have to say that, you know, having a young child, um, she hardly ever got sick at all for the whole winter. So that's a positive thing. Uh, obviously, just diseases are not going, you know, being passed around as much. Uh, so well, we haven't had a blue season. No, we haven't. And even like just the smallest kind of colds and things just haven't really appeared. But um, no, I, I don't think that would be a nice thing just to have a mask for years on end. Let's hope that that's not going to happen. <laughs> but it's not the worst thing that can happen. Sometimes I use it to warm my face up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love them. I, especially the multi-layered ones made of cloth. It's very practical in Iceland for the wind. I actually just put it on when I'm cold. <laughs> and on that note, let's move on to a different topic. Um, where would you like to go from there? Um, we could go to these uh, Oscar nominations on a nice positive note. Hmm. Um, it was quite a, a sweet story um, that this um, song called My Hometown, Husavik, yeah. is nominated as best song for the Oscars. Uh, it's not an Icelandic song. It's not sung by anybody Icelandic, but it's basically the song in that Will Ferrell film. Now, what was it called? Eurovision? The Saga of Fire Saga, or the Story of Fire Saga? Yeah, that's right. Uh, 
which was an amusing movie. I'm not a big Eurovision fan, but uh, so but this song was nominated and. Seeing as it's about Husavik, which is a tiny little fishing town in north of Iceland, uh, it's given a huge, like, it's a huge marketing thing for the town. And they, I think they were just crying with joy at the news. Mm. I mean, imagine you're just in a tiny village and there's this song that's about your little town. So I thought that was a very sweet little story. And part of the song is sung in Icelandic. Yes, it is. And uh, they opened a bar in Husavik called... Well, it was something to do with this uh, Eurovision project. So I think actually this is bringing a lot of tourism, well, whenever tourism does start again, to Husavik, which is interesting. And then there were another few Oscar nominations. There was a little uh, an animated film. What was it Yes People. Yes People. What's it about? Is it about the real, the what we call the Yes People here in Iceland? No, I can read it. I've got mm-hmm. the thing open in front of me. It's about a, the residents of a block, of an apartment block, um, and it follows them through the period of one day, and you get to see a glimpse into each of their lives, their sort of their 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 foibles, their positives, their negatives, their motivations. Uh, it actually sounds quite interesting. Interesting, and so not a children's film then? No, right, more of a dark adult. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it delves into addiction and and all sorts of things, I believe. Oh, right, okay. Well, that's interesting, because uh, Iceland's not big on animations, really. I mean, there have been a few, but uh, I think it would be nice to see more. Yeah, and it looks looks really well made, like, from the, the quality of it, the, the characterization of the people. It, it does make you want to watch it, in my opinion. Yes, it looks really nice. It's not, uh, it, it's, it looks like a little bit of a different style, so uh, that'd be interesting to see. I hadn't actually heard of it at all until I heard about this nomination. Same here. Yeah. And uh, there was something else, wasn't there? Like the team behind Tenet, that film by um, no, what's his name? The one, ooh, that they were nominated for some technical stuff in the Tenet movie. So there were a lot of Icelanders or Iceland connections with the Oscars, which was interesting. Mm. Which is making everyone happy. It's always nice to have happy news like this and volcano and and so on. <laughs> and it came up. On the same day as um, Hilda Grinnell won the Grammy for Joker, which is like getting on for two years after the film was released. I didn't, and actually, I didn't understand that. I thought she'd won it already. <laughs> she had a Golden Globe and an Oscar yeah. and a BAFTA. Because she won everything last year, so I was a bit surprised. But hey, go. She had, a, she had a Grammy last year as well, but that was for Chernobyl. But yeah, that was my misunderstanding. But that's amazing. She's just like winning every award possible. And, you know, right, rightly so. She, her music is absolutely amazing, amazing talent. I watched the film for her music, and it was not a disappointment. You mean The Joker? Yeah, a, a wonderful movie, and the, the music actually adds, like, half to it, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yes, OK. Should we go and do something else before we run out of time? <laughs> Where are we? There's... Ooh, like greenhouses. The greenhouse, or the gardening, or the the House of Icelandic? Uh, Well, I don't know much about the House of Icelandic, except my boyfriend has been kind of annoyed about it for years. (laughs) He's always at the university and says, when are they going to build this? It's been like... The whole of Icelandic. Yes, the whole of Icelandic. It's a gaping hole, and uh, they never actually got around to constructing it. So this is really good news, and uh, hey, we need... uh, uh, we need a house for Icelandic, and just basically it's going to house the manuscripts, ones we got back from the Danes. We haven't got, received all of them yet. Mm. I wonder if we ever will. But uh, 
So apparently you were telling me this morning there's a lot of like there's a whole basement with high security and God knows what because these are like super valuable manuscripts dating mm -hmm. from what tenth uh, eleventh century. Yeah, pretty old. Yeah, apparently the the vault I suppose you would be the best way yes. to call it or the basement mm -hmm. is going to be it's natural disaster proof and terrorism proof uh, as much as possible and the whole building itself is it's quite complicated. Terrorism proof, that's interesting. We don't have many terrorists here in Iceland. No, but I mean, the, the building will hopefully be there for, I don't know, 100 years or more. And yeah. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's good news. And Icelandic needs a, needs a bit of a helping hand as well. We don't, we don't want to lose our language within the next 100 years. Really interesting sort of dichotomy there. The the. the basement housing the manuscripts and preserving the past and then the floors above preserving the future in a way because it's going to be the, the, the centre point for studies the Arne Magnusson Institute and the University of Iceland are going to share the space and they're going to be yeah it's like the future and the past in one building yes absolutely I think that's wonderful and uh, we do absolutely I mean I can just see how Icelandic is well I mean it's obviously changing but uh, hopefully not dying out. I don't believe it will ever do that, but I can just see how even, you know, I've got teenagers and I can see how the language is evolving. And uh, obviously teenagers are using a lot of English, even like little kids, even my nine-year-old is like, you know, using a lot of slang. So I think we do have to watch out um, because we are not, uh, we're not a lot of us speaking Icelandic, so. Uh, yeah. You work in the French Embassy, yes. and this is a, a, a matter close to French hearts as well, and has been for decades. Mm -hmm. So have you got any insight from that? No, but I can tell you that, um, well, for example, interestingly enough, this month of March is the, uh, it's called La Francophonie, which is the, the month of the French language throughout the world. And it's especially, uh, this month is, is, is a way to... Um, well, help preserve French and to promote the learning of French and to kind of tell people how useful it is to learn French, you know, through if you want to travel or work around the world. Uh, uh, well, obviously, Icelandic is not particularly useful anywhere else except in Iceland, but uh, it is such an old and preserved language that it would be an absolute tragedy if we, we did lose it. Um, so, yes, some kind of, maybe we could put more effort into preserving it, promoting it, I don't know. And making it cool, because as, as you and so many other people point out, these changes usually start with slang. Mm -hmm. um, if people are, And Iceland's pretty good with that, actually. I mean, Icelandic slang is quite lively and vibrant. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I like Icelandic slang. It's just uh, what I'm referring to is more I can see that um, because everything is in English, I can, and, you know, especially technology and, and um, that, that teenagers and children are actually just picking up English words and don't know the words in Icelandic. I can see that becoming more of a problem. Whereas the slang, I mean, hey, French people use English slang too. That's fine. <laughs> But uh, yes, I think uh, we have to just really keep, be on our toes to keep inventing new Icelandic words, I suppose, for uh, different things, mm. as we have in the past. Mm. Yeah. And there's always more and more new things, <laughs> yes. uh, including an eruption that needs a name, probably. Uh. 
Yes, uh, now isn't the current name Geldinga Dalsgos with Fagra Dalsfjall? Ooh, n- nice lot of words there. Yes. <laughs> Just to confuse your listeners. <laughs> no, but it's next to this beautiful mountain called Fagra Dalsfjall, which means beautiful valley mountain. And Geldinga Dalur means the valley of eunuchs. Which is it specific to humans? Because there is a word in English, gelding, means a, a horse. A horse, absolutely. It's both in Icelandic. It's both. Mm-hmm. Well, let's stick with the eunuchs. <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go. I think that's... Thrones, right? <laughs> this is where they get stored. <laughs> On that note, um, I'm going to say that we are out of time. Um, the Week in Iceland will be back next Monday, the 29th of March, on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. Huge thanks to my guest today, Anna Margaret Bjornsson, and also to Lydia Gretesdottir for seeing the technical side of things. Um, as you may have noticed before, dear listener, um, when searching for dramatic and relevant pieces of music for a dramatic week, I often tend to turn to the same source. Uh, this is no different. Um, this song features the lyrics... The sky is burning, fire and sulfur gushing everywhere, hearts petrified. It's cold outside. This is Hraptina by Sigaros. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>